BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. When San Francisco's brand new Salesforce Transit Center opened back in mid-August, our transportation editor, Dan Brecky, told me that it would be nice if the transportation hub became a regular, unremarkable part of life in the city. If something's working really well, how it works and how you feel about it is sort of back of mind. I think we're more likely to notice it if if something doesn't work. Ugh, man. Just six weeks and it's closed. Two cracks were found in the $2.2 billion structure. Dan covered the opening of the transit center. You're going to hear more about that in a second. Chloe Veltman has been covering the closure. Let's uh, let's let's make this super cash. Yeah. And I honestly, I don't know that much about this story. That's fine. I just know that there was one crack and I was like, eh. <laughs> but then there was two cracks and I was like, what is this? This is a $2.2 billion series of buildings. I know. What, so what happened last week? Well, so workers were installing ceiling panels in the terminal when they noticed this first crack appearing on Tuesday morning. So the Transbay Joint Powers Authority, that's the body that oversees the terminal, um, looked into it, shut the terminal down Tuesday night. And they've basically been doing these ongoing inspections and now working to shore up the damage. Shutting something that big down for this long already is is pretty, that's a pretty big deal. But do we know how bad it is? Well, first of all, they've had to relocate the the commuters have now been you know sent to the old terminal. So there's that. Um, what we're talking about are just the two cracks, though. Um, they say that they're just these two isolated issues, and um, that so far all their inspections reveal that everything else is safe. But I mean those. Um, cracks are two feet long cracks. I mean, they're big. They still don't know what's causing the problem. I mean, it could be anything that they're trying to figure out. Is it the installation? Is it fabrication? Is it welding? Is it design? It's going to take a while to find out. So what are they actually doing to find out what's wrong with this building? They've put up these six enormous jacks. They look like car jacks, but they're really, really big. And then once they get all the weight off those girders, they're going to take samples of the steel to analyze it. So the reopening of this terminal uh, is still very much up in the air at this point. Chloe, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome, Devin. So officials tell us that San Francisco's new transit center could be closed for weeks. And for now, buses are being redirected to the city's old transit terminal. It definitely wasn't supposed to go down this way, that's for sure. Today, we're going to go back to Dan and an episode that aired just a few weeks ago that shows us how much San Francisco wants this place open. Okay, so it's around 5.47 in the morning, 
And Dan Brecky, who's KQED's transportation editor, is on a bus pulling into San Francisco's downtown bus terminal. Normally, nobody is ever this excited to ride the bus. But this is the very first bus ride to use San Francisco's brand new Transbay Terminal. This is how nice the new Transbay Terminal is. Dan was there when it opened this past weekend, and he spilled just a little bit of coffee cream on the ground. And I made sure I wiped it up because I didn't want to be the person who made the first spill. Wait until 10 years from now. <laughs> Wait till today. <laughs> San Francisco already had a Transbay terminal that was around for decades. So how will the new center be any different than the old one? I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. As far back as 1856, men dreamed of linking the city of San Francisco with the east shore of the bay. You know, up until the opening of the Bay Bridge, there was a lot of rail service, streetcar service in both the cities of the East Bay and in San Francisco. And if you wanted to go between the two, you usually got on a boat. This is Dan. Once the bridge came, a revolution. Automobiles and trucks rolling in an endless stream across the bridge that soars above. And then on the lower deck of the Bay Bridge, it was rail service. The key system from the East Bay carried uh, millions of people, millions and millions of people every year uh, from the East Bay to San Francisco. How does that compare to what the ridership's like now coming into the city? The Transbay service into the new transit center is about 13,000, maybe 13,500 a day. Wow. So it's a fraction of what we saw back in the uh, 40s. When did the old Transbay terminal hit its peak? It, it hit its peak in the war years. America goes to war. Men of the Army, Navy, and Marines reinforced the battlefronts on six continents. You know, starting right after its opening in 1939 up through 1945, it was a really busy place. So in the 40s, the Transbay Terminal is, is at its peak. What changed after that? Gas rationing ended with the end of World War II, so people had uh, more freedom to drive. There was also a concerted effort by a combination of um, very powerful corporations, including General Motors, uh, to basically take apart these interurban train systems that had uh, been the backbone of urban transportation. More and more and more cars. It's an epical moment in American transportation history where these systems, uh, these transit systems got taken apart and the private car became the undisputed king of the road. So what's happening to the Transbay Terminal over the years as this is happening? Ridership declined precipitously and it just kept going down. Like many, many bus terminals in many, many cities, uh, it wasn't well enough loved to keep it really up. And so it was deteriorating. Things got rough there. And then, you know, 19, the 1980s was the time when homelessness, uh, street living, really became a part of the fabric of the city more and more. And uh, in time, the Transbay Terminal became one of the centers of that. So the old Transbay Terminal closed in August 2010. And that same month, I think just a few days later, 
there was groundbreaking on the new Transbay terminal. Right. And you went to the basically the grand opening this last weekend. Going into this new terminal, I was sitting uh, next to the operations manager of AC Transit. I didn't know he was the operations manager, but he was looking down this this long line of modern bus bays with these beautiful digital signs, and his eyes lit up, and he goes, Wow. It's like an airport. It's like an airport for buses. I mean, this is high-tech. It's like an airport for buses. Okay, so it's almost all AC Transit yeah. in the current... Uh, Transbay Terminal, but there are hopes for all these other rail lines to come through. What is the grand vision of the new transit hub? The vision is that it would be the Grand Central Terminal of the West Coast, referring to the the great uh, transportation palace in New York City. And what does that mean? That means having trains come in. First Caltrain, and then if if high-speed rail ever gets finished, high-speed rail will terminate up here. This is Chris Peoples. He's on the AC Transit board, and he rode the first bus into the station along with Dan. So it'll be an opportunity for folks to come and go pretty much anywhere they want to go. So it's going to become a center for transit for pretty much the whole West Coast, but particularly for the Bay Area. So when might that happen? Caltrain's a pretty good bet to happen in the next decade. Uh, High-speed rail, boy, the financing is so tough that we don't know whether it's going to be built or not. When you think about the potential that the old Transbay Terminal had in the 1940s, and you think about people talking about the potential that this new Transbay Terminal has, how do you how do you compare the two? The Transbay Terminal was a utilitarian place. You came in, there were places to eat there. But, you know, there wasn't a place you hung around. You, you came and went there, and that was about it. The Salesforce Transit Center is not only supposed to be about travel. I mean, we want it to be about travel. But it's also about uh, dining and shopping, if they can lease all these spaces they have. And it's about recreation. It's about enjoying this unique urban park that's up on the roof. And so it's conceived of as the center for this neighborhood. That's an interesting concept because, you know, when you're up on the roof, you know, you're surrounded by logos. You're surrounded, you know, there's Deloitte, there's Charles Schwab, there's Slack, there's <laughs> iShares. You know, it's just staring you in the face. Plus, there are direct bridges from Salesforce Tower and a building that Facebook has, has leased. So it's a neighborhood of the future. You know, in, in terms of ridership, trying to create a place that gets up to 100,000 people coming through a day on buses and trains, in essence, that's kind of a back-to-the-future concept because the Transbay Terminal was doing that, you know, 70, 80 years ago. With this new Transbay Terminal opening up, people are making a, a, a big deal about how beautiful it is. And you don't want to spill your cream on the, <laughs> the, the floor or wherever you spilt it. But how, how are they going to ensure like, that this maintains, not only maintains its, the essence that it's created, but also fulfills some of the promises it's set out to fulfill? Well, you know, they have a big maintenance budget. That's actually one of the, the answers to that question. And... And I'd have to say that, you know, even when you're looking at something that's brand spanking new, like this new transit center, there's nothing that 
stops us from making the same mistake again. And so everything has to go right there. They have to lease all these spaces. They have to hope that uh, the public money that's coming in will still come in. And if it doesn't, where are they going to cut corners? I mean, one thing I notice there is the escalators in the place are really, really important, right? That's the main way to get up from the central hall to the bus uh, deck. But when I look at escalators, I think of broken BART escalators. So there's nothing that would stop this beautiful shining jewel from following down that same path. There is one thing different, I will point out, though, that it's got Salesforce's name on it, and it's in the middle of this tech jungle. And there are people with a lot of money who probably have a lot invested in at least keeping up appearances. Dan says one way we may be able to tell if this new transit center is working is if we don't even notice it. Because if a transit system is working really well, we kind of just take it for granted. Dan Brecky is KQED's transportation editor. To see more of Dan's reporting on San Francisco's new transit center and also to see some pictures of the hub, check out kqed.org. You can also find a link to a video of the new architecture in our episode notes. Thanks to Ryan Levy for producing this episode, along with our editor, Vinny Tong. Our theme music is by Dowd Anthony. Senior editors are Holly Kernan and Ethan Lindsay. Also, if you get a chance, check out the podcast, Queued Up. Ryan is the host, and he does a pretty good job of curating some of the best stories KQED does each week. That's Queued Up, Q-E-D Up. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Devin Kadiyama. You've been listening to The Bay. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.